you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. He alone deserves our worship. He alone is the reason we're doing this right now. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Glad we get another day, not just yesterday. We get the, another day in the week. So I don't know why, but yesterday I said, see you guys Monday. So just forgive me. I was going to go in and edit out, and I said, nah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You can see that my old brain gets messed up sometime, but uh, you're uh, human. I am human, and uh, uh, a very low form of that human thing. But folks, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time uh, to tune us in. And we, if we can ask again, if you could go out and rate us, we just want to remind you it'd be great if you listen via podcast format. Go out and rate us five stars. Recommend us to your friend. If yeah. you listen on the radio, tell your radio station thanks. Uh, this is a blessing to us, and we just want to say to your radio stations. Hey, you guys are awesome. We love you. Thanks for letting us be part of this. So I want to think of the words. I brought them up at the end of yesterday's episode. Those words, reliable witness, reliable witness. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to start the way I started yesterday in John 19, those first three verses. And and, and he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And so it was a reliable witness. Everything that they said was going to happen, happened. So the practical side of this today is we've got a responsibility to be a reliable witness. And I was singing to myself uh, a little while ago when Kevin was talking, this little light of mine, I'm going to let, and I can't sing, folks, so I'll just talk it. I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. And, and folks, yeah. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Well, you say, Brother Doug, that's a good works verse. It is. It has nothing to do with salvation. Yeah. But they, they may see your good works, and it's glorifying mm. your Father which is in heaven. And that's pretty cool. And uh, knowing that we have this power, we have this light. Over in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Ghost comes upon us. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And there's so many we can go on, you know, being a reliable witness and but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of hope in you and the meekness uh, and fear. So, Kevin, I mean, God's word is true. God's word is real. It's telling us be a reliable witness. It's telling us to be ready to be a reliable witness. It's telling us to let our light shine. Hey, your light can't shine at Joe's Bars and Grill. Your light can't shine um, when you're doing things outside of the will of God. I mean, you, 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 you really, you're turning the light down. It's like a dimmer switch. You're turning that light down lower and lower and lower and lower. But let your light shine before men, brethren. And Kevin, I, I, this is a call. We need to be reliable witnesses. So true, because when we're in the courtroom of life and we're opening our mouth, 
As the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb, which was poured out, and by the word of their testimony. So the word of their testimony, and by the way, and the third thing, there's three things, and they love not their lives unto the death. They're all important. But this, the word of their testimony. So if your testimony is faulty, it doesn't agree. What you're saying, your witness is not agreeing with your life. That is the single thing that will ruin a, a testimony, a will ruin your conscience, it'll ruin your relationship with people, your your believability, in a ruin it ruins nations ultimately. Um blesses a nation whose God is the Lord. But when we're reading in the scriptures that um you know the reliable witnesses of Jesus Christ w- were in, in the context here that this was done to fulfill the scripture. He had God said that not a bone of him would be broken. God said they will look on him whom they've pierced. So he he just that's God's way of sealing uh, the veracity of something is to is to like say this is just like I said it would be, and I want to be that kind of person that when the when the when the dust settles that this is just like I'm. He did what he said he was going to do. He he did what he said he was going to do, and um, years ago uh, I was I, I pastored a little church and it, it, I didn't know what I was getting and they didn't know what they were getting. This is back in the mid eighties. And I was, a, I was just a kid, a young guy just out of Bible school. And there was a woman in the church who was the head of the board. <laughs> I mean, it was this, I'm not trying to down women, but that's not their place. All right. That's not the biblical place, the head of the board. And so she was tasked to give me a hard time about what I was preaching. And um, anyway, she, she just eventually got me, quote, fired. And so that day I'd been witnessing, you know, door to door. And there was a, a particular family that I was working with week after week when I would go witnessing. Um, and uh, I knew when the church got rid of me, my ministry in that town was done, but I wanted to I wanted to finish my witness in a way that honored God and helped them. So I knocked on their door and I said, I just need to let you know I'm leaving town and I won't be back. And I know I've been talking to you about Jesus Christ and, she, and, the, and the woman and her kids, uh, just a struggling person. I was there with an, another man, an evangelist friend of mine, and we went into the house and talked to her and we led her to Christ. She was gloriously saved that afternoon. It was tremendous. God moved in. And she said, well, Kim, what about my kids? You know, and I led two of them to Christ. And then we went over to her, her brother's house and led him to Christ. And uh, so we're like, what are we going to do tonight? The evangelist said, well, let's have church. You know, let's have, excuse me, a Bible study in one of their homes. So we had a Bible study in someone's home. And some of the woman's kinfolk, uh, I think a nephew and a niece came and they got saved. So we had like five people saved that afternoon. And it just, it got on, but it was tremendous because I was simply trying to not disappear. I wanted to, to, to leave a, a good solid witness. I wanted to, you know, tie up the loose ends. I said I was going to be there for these people. I was being tossed out and now I needed to go tell them. And uh, I think God honors that. Don't you, Doug? That, I that do. We, we do like Jesus. Okay, I'm dying, but I don't want anyone to think that God's not in this because this is what God said. Well, it's easy to pack up the car and say, well, someone else can come along and take care of this person. And it was the right thing to do. And, you know, as Christians, this whole thought comes back to me again, what we used to say in recruiting in sales and, and everything we do, which is you 
under-promise and over-deliver. You make sure that your testimony is clean. You make sure that, and, and this is kind of what God's doing, but we have that same responsibility inherent to us. We have the responsibility to under-promise and over-deliver. We have the responsibility to, uh, you know, do everything we can to make sure we're clean to go. Even when we feel nasty and ugly and mm-hmm. uh, not talking to people, go out of our way to talk to people. And, you know, I'm sitting here uh, as we're, recording this episode today, this broadcast, I'm sitting here thinking about church already tonight and some people I'm going to see and, and, and things of that nature. And, uh, but you know, when it comes to life, being a reliable witness, it was none more reliable than Christ. But I'm here to tell us that when we look at it from a practical side, when we look at life practically, we got to do everything we can to fall into that category. Uh, years ago, I sold automobiles place called Jerry's Dodge in Alexandria, Virginia. I was working at night shift, doing White House stuff, Pentagon stuff, things like that when I first got to D.C., four nights a week, middle of the night. So I was able to work uh, Thursday night, uh, Thursday, uh, Friday, and and Saturday at a car dealership, and sometimes Sunday. And uh, I sold Dodge vans, and I sold, uh, we had Mazdas, we had Range Rovers, Land Rover type of stuff. Back then was a terribly unreliable car, and Dodge wasn't much better back in the day. And uh, uh, But I'll tell you, whenever I sold somebody a Mazda, I would feel like we over-delivered on the promise of reliability. It's like... Uh, it's, it's like a Toyota kind of thing, you know, or a, a Honda. They, it was just, I felt good about it. I wanted my word to be true. And people would say to me, well, what would be a good car for me to get through my, the next 10 years of my life? We, we may have one child. And I'd say, I think it's, you know, you pay a 1000 or $2, $2,000 more because you're not getting the rebates. But I think you'll be happy to get this. And I had another salesman come up to me and say, Doug, if you would have sold them a Dodge, they would have been back in here in four years because they would have needed a new car. Mm. So you're working yourself out of business. But you know what happened? Something great happened. These people that I went out of the way to take care of, they sent their brothers. They sent their moms and dads. Yeah. They sent people from down the road. You know, that's the way a Christian's life should be reliable, rock solid, on point, doing what we should do, living the life the way we should live life, Trust in God, stepping out. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. They see your good works. Glory comes out of that. Glory comes down, folks. That's just the way God works. He doesn't waste that. God doesn't waste anything we do for him. Listen, we'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Fix it. Hey, folks, listen, I, I am not, uh, uh, I, I want to make sure that you understand that I'm not picking on any automobile type. And I want you to know at 30 something years ago, 35 years ago to now, 
uh, car quality has changed considerably. And I'm sure you True. could buy a Dodge or a Land Rover. To pull. Maybe not the Land Rover. I still read bad things about them. <laughs> and, and that lasts you 30 years. So we continue on uh, about being a reliable witness, being a witness for God. And we go back to that scripture. Again, a exegetical study, a verse-by-verse study of the life of Christ. We find ourselves in chapter 19 of the book of John, starting in verse 35 through 37. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. You know, there's truth in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is a credible witness. He alone is the truth bearer. And, and he knoweth that he saith true that ye might believe. But these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. Again, that credible witness that, you know, if God said it's going to be done, that's the way it's done. You know, people who've been trying to dissuade people or trying to say God is not there, years and years they fail because God's word points to the same thing. I had a seminary professor, Dr. Walter Yoho, used to say, does God's word say it's true? Does God's word prove it's true? And if the answer is yes, we've got to obey it. And the answer is a resounding yes. And, uh, it, it's just resounding. It's, it's a wonderful yes. And, and, and the symbolism, and we'll talk about this more of the Passover lamb. We remember that the Passover lamb, they wouldn't break its bones. The Passover lamb was the perfect lamb. They would shave it. It had the perfect form. It looked the best. It was the best lamb in the field. It was the, it was the lamb the shepherd wanted to get rid of the least. It was a young lamb. <laughs> It had no imperfection. It had none of those marks on it. Had no skin cancer, nothing. It was the perfect lamb. No broken bones. Don't do anything to that lamb. Treat that lamb with respect because that's a sacrifice to our Lord. And folks, you want to talk about the perfect uh, symbol, the perfect sacrifice in that area. The, uh, just like that Passover lamb, no bones were broken. There was never any sin. Uh, it was the best there ever was here on earth. He's the ultimate Passover lamb. He's the lamb of God whose sacrifice brings redemption and deliverance to every single one of us. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's exciting stuff. The lamb of God. Uh, and Kevin, yes, they mentioned that song. I think it's a Ray Bolt song. Watch the lamb. And uh, it talks about everybody coming into town for the Passover. And as people would come into town for the Passover, they were going to hide those bodies. They were going to get everything they can to look like the perfect Christian. But this song takes the place of this man having to help Christ carry his cross. We'll see more of that in Matthew. And uh, his kids being there. And, and folks, if there's anything I get from that song, it's the name, Watch the Lamb. Folks, we need to watch the Lamb, the perfect Lamb of God, the true Lamb of God, yeah. the last Lamb that needed to be uh, cut up the last lamb that needed to be sacrificed, the last lamb that needed to be butchered for our salvation. It's been taken care of, Kevin. Mm. Boy, behold the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ was born in a manger. Why? That's where you, you know, sacrificial lambs are born and, and laid in a stable in a manger. And uh, they eat out of a manger and so forth. And then when Jesus stepped into his ministry 30 years later, <clears throat> 
John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. You know, that's not just like a hello world. That's saying, look at this, examine the Lamb. This is, we're going to, you got three and a half years to to look at him and you see how wonderful he was in, in love and works, compassion, truth, everything about him. What an example. Well, take he, it the way the sin of the world. Yeah. yeah, that's the Lamb. That's the Lamb. And, you know, we didn't mention this, I don't think, when Jesus was uh, going to be arrested, it says, when Jesus had spoken these words, this is chapter 18, verse 1 of John, he went forth in, with his disciples over the book Kidron into a garden. So he went from Jerusalem over to over the brook Kidron, and um, there he you know, prayed, well, and started shed blood. Well, they say that during that Passover time that the Kidron ran red with the blood of the sacrificial animals because it was ran along Jerusalem there, and that's where they sacrificed the the lamb. Clean to me, yeah. Yeah, so he walked over that, and it made just uh, uh, an, an eerie sight for the disciples to go over the the blood red stream but you know it's just a few hours later that a blood red stream came out of the savior but that's the witness and Pilate said it right he said i find no fault in him i mean anybody that took an honest look at jesus christ comes out of it saying this witness is impeccable and infallible and you know any anyone of any intelligence a child lawyers, doctors, scientists that took a serious look at Jesus Christ and said, I'm going to go back. Even the ones that said, I want to disprove and took an honest look at the evidence came out saying, you know what? That I find no fault in him. This is not. This is not the a man. This is this. The only conclusion is he's the maker of the world and he's a redeemer of the world. And and many of them got saved. So that that is a good way to be about life. So when you if you're going through trauma and you don't know Jesus Christ, please we beg you. Look at this thing that we've been studying week after week day after day as your opportunity to say why was this blood flowing? Why was he laying down his life? Why did he not answer? Why were these scriptures being quoted even after he died like uh, they shall look on him whom they've pierced. Why was it that 400 years earlier there in the book of Zechariah that he was that, that someone said they will look on him whom they've pierced? Why, why, why? Because God is saying this is your opportunity to make a decision for Christ that's correct based on the facts. Because I'll guarantee when the facts come in later, you'll find out that God gave you opportunity to uh, to behold the Lamb and be saved. Yeah, that's so awesome, and the thought of the lamb, and and I, I was thinking as you were mentioning Corey Ten Boone, and uh, Debbie and I had the occasion to go to Amsterdam, and uh, after my uh, ordination, a bunch of us from church went up there and spent the weekend, and and we went to Corey Ten Boone's house, and we heard about our sister Betsy, and matter of fact, I have laying next to my bed upstairs. Debbie just finished reading it, the book, The Watchmaker's Daughter. And it's a new book wow. about Corey Ted Boone, and it's revealing. It's about 500 pages, and uh, um, I'm telling you, it really wow. digs into this. And But the great thing about Corey Ted Boone, when we use the word reliable witness, uh, she's no longer, obviously, at the house. She passed away. At that time, I think she was still alive, but 
every room, there was a lady who took you from room to room. And you went in and you saw the basement. You saw where people lived in the wall. You saw all the things that went on. And every room you stopped in, the lady would look at you and say, the reason Corey was able to do this, the reason we were able to get through that is because of our blood of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus Christ, and she would witness to people in every single room. There was about, I guess, 20 of us on our tour. Uh, they go through every 20 minutes or so. You're thrown in a tour, and uh, they're back-to-back. -back. You leave one room. Someone comes behind you in a room. The tour takes 20 or 30 minutes. I mean, it takes your breath away. Mm. Uh, but I'll, I'll never forget the reliable witness of these people. There was from our group, two-thirds of our group accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior mm -hmm. right there at Corey Ten Boone's house. So wow. even with the agony of, of Betsy with the dad, even with all the terrible things they had been through, the witness continues today. You know, even with the terrible scourging and the, the crowns and the beatings and the stabbings and the crucifixion and all those things, the guilty plea that, uh, the guilty, I'm sorry, the guilty verdict where he was never guilty, even in the midst of all those things, that witness goes on today. Friends, I, I don't know where you're at in your life. I know there's more years behind me than ahead of me. And uh, I know this. I know that I want to be a reliable witness for God. I want to spend these last years being a reliable witness. I want to tell people as they look at the rooms of my life, Doug was able to do this because of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. Be that person today. Now, today we can finally say, Happy Friday. We'll see you Monday. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.